Hi, I'm Jo Clark, and thanks so much for joining me today. This is the Redefining Midlife podcast, a podcast designed for the 40-plus woman who is determined to challenge society's myths and beliefs around midlife. It's for the woman who is inspired and ready to define midlife her way. Join me each week as I chat to health and wellness experts for up-to-date information on how to live well, as well as some special conversations with incredible everyday women redefining what midlife can look like. Here's to making our next half of life even better than the first. Welcome to the first chat I have with another midlife woman about what it's like to be in this season of life. I'd love to introduce you to Penny Fitzgerald. The Penny story is so interesting and I'm sure it's gonna resonate with many of you, particularly if you've had children later in life. Penny was raised in the Queensland Outback and educated in Toowoomba. She completed a degree in media studies and production and lived in various parts of the world before settling in the beautiful Hinton, Noosa land, where she currently lives with her husband and tween-aged daughter. Penny is a Jill of all trades, having had over 35 different jobs and careers, ranging from radio announcer to research assistant to event coordinator. Now, recently she launched her business, The Noosa Stylist, which is a multifaceted styling business focusing on food, interiors, and styled photos for social media accounts. I really hope you enjoy listening to our chat as much as I loved having it. Welcome to the Redefining Midlife Podcast, Penny. I'm absolutely thrilled to have you on here today because I think the conversation we're going to have is going to resonate with a lot of the women who are going to be listening. So welcome. Thanks, Joe. Thanks for having me. Now, Penny, just to set the scene, you're a woman in your late 40s. So how have you found midlife to be so far? Because it can be an adventure for some of us. Yes, it's actually, I'm finding it a really interesting time because you get to reap the rewards of your life experience thus far, but you've still got the energy to sort of enjoy life still. You know, you're not too far gone. So you've got this knowledge, wisdom, you're more worldly but you can really take it and run with it. And yeah. Oh, that's great. And so has there been anything as, as you've gone through the years of midlife that's entering, have you found anything that surprised you or disappointed you so far? On one hand, I've got, you know, I'm enjoying an element of lowered inhibitions, the freedom, feeling a bit more like I can say and say what I feel, whereas, and being a little less conscious of people's judgment and what they're going to think not that I've got no filter it's not that and I've certainly have empathy so it's not that I don't have empathy but I used to be so scared of doing the wrong thing and so scared of getting in trouble and you start to get to a point where you're just thinking no hang on I've earned this I can see why people you know much older women just go no this you know this is my time I've I can do what I want because I've earned this. Well, I'm sort of getting a little bit more to that point where you think, no, it's, um, yeah, it's a really good, good, it's a good space to be in actually, mentally, I think. Yeah, absolutely. I find it more liberating where your younger years, you're so absorbed probably with yourself more and you're also worried about what other people are thinking. You know, in reality, they're probably not thinking about you, they're thinking about themselves anyway. But yeah, I just found it to be more liberating. The older I'm getting, like you said, the more likely you are to not give as many 
whatever's <laughs> the fact that you're yeah you are aware but you're not concerned what people may think as much and that is a wonderful state to be in it is it's liberating and and energizing so when I was younger there was this element of a, a very different attitude to risk um mm-hmm. I did some pretty crazy things well not crazy but you know I'd uh, now I think, God, how could I have jumped on that aeroplane in Egypt that sounded like a lawnmower and there was a strong smell of fuel leaking and everyone was smoking cigarettes and off we, you know, off we flew. And I'm, <laughs> and I'm thinking, but I was like, oh, this is, this is an adventure. Now there is no way I would do that because I'd be thinking about all your commitments now. I have a child to think of. There's that level, I suppose, I do find a little bit more challenging. You don't get to be as selfish now because you do, and maybe that's me because I've got a, a, a younger child, but you, it's just that as you grow up, you have to do, you have to grow up. <laughs> well, that's true because, again, when you look back at what you may have done in your 20s, yeah, you were far more carefree, more likely to make those sorts of decisions that you wouldn't make now. But I wonder if it's because, uh, you know, again, brains aren't quite as developed. You're not looking at the possibilities of what could be. And as you're saying, you've got children, you've got other commitments, whereas back then you didn't have all that other, all the other things that, that you know, that we've got now as as sort of more mature women. So you've hinted a little bit what younger Penny was like. She took a few risks. Tell us a bit more about what you were doing as a younger woman and um, what you were like in your 20s? I was quite different. It's quite interesting. So I was, when I left school and went to university, I became quite alternative and I dyed my hair black and I was into alternative music and I had a radio show and I was into surrealism, the surrealist movement from the 20s, Mm. 1920s and I was really envisioned quite a creative alternative life for myself Um, and there's no way that I would have imagined. I feel I'm a lot more conservative now than I envisioned I would be but maybe it it is dependent on who you end up with in you know as your life partner I think and yeah how that what how that road carries out but I I traveled a lot I love traveling I've had a lot of jobs in my life I counted up actually jobs and careers I'm up to 35. That's impressive. So so, well I think it shows that possibly possibly I'm a little bit lost and still don't know what I want to be when I grow up But, um, but yeah I just um yeah I envisioned something quite different for myself I think. Okay, well, that's that's interesting. So, what what sort of things were you doing in your twenties? What were some of those jobs that you know might be interesting for us to hear about? <laughs> when I hit London, I was a research assistant for a management consulting firm, and it was before the era of internet. So, I had to read seven newspapers a day, the, mm-hmm. all the broadsheets. And there was a list of companies I had to search on articles on. It was the, quite a thick doc, you know, British Aerospace, BP, all these co- worldwide companies. And any articles that came up in the newspaper, I had to clip them, stick them onto a bit of paper, date stamp, oh, wow. um, and then photocopy, and then send them out through the internal post to uh, all the other branches across Europe. So that is how they got 
the management consultants stayed informed on the companies they were they were mm. working on. Um, you think now, how archaic. <laughs> and that's not long ago, is it? Well, it was 95, 1995, yeah. Wow. So, um, and then there were other things. I'd get a call saying I need a report on the Heathrow Airport from 1973 about something. And it was like a bit like being a detective. It was quite fun, actually. I had my contacts and my people who worked in records offices around London and I'd ring around and finally get this report. And it was, you know, you'd get a bit excited. Jackpot, I've got this, yeah. this weird document that you'd think, how on earth would you find something like that? Anyway, but I got a little bit tired of being in an office and... I had visions of the sound of music and took a job as an au pair in Austria, not far from Salzburg. One thing I'll say when I was younger, I had a very romanticised view of the world mm -hmm. and that has diminished somewhat as, as I've experienced. As, as I've <laughs> Become a little harder and gnarlier. Had <laughs> a bit of live experience. The au pair job in Austria was horrible. Mm. Um, it was, they were the worst children in the world. And I was, you know, I envisioned myself leading them on picnics through the mountains and they were horrible children <laughs> and a very strange family. <laughs> So that lasted about six weeks because I just, and I had this hor horrible feeling of being stuck there because I didn't want to be a quitter. Mm. And I just felt I had to stick it out for the entire year. And it was my father who rang and he said, you don't have to be there. Life's too short. Don't mm. do it to yourself. And that year I'd lost my brother in a car accident. And it did, it actually was a really big reassessment of life and what, you know, the meaning of life and you need to take every moment you can and and mm. and do you know do what feels right for you yeah um and that is that's it I suppose you brought up with these values don't quit stick at a job but then yeah. when you draw the line when you're that miserable I think that's the time to, <laughs> to, mm. to okay pull out now and that reality check too when you're younger and you knew your younger brother had had passed and didn't get to live his life then why would you be stuck in something that you're not happy with so you know you, you've taken some more opportunities obviously with the amount of different jobs that you've yes exactly yeah so from there I ended up in Egypt and then Turkey and worked in Turkey for seven months doing a lot of different things kitchen hand and tour guide and uh, sign painter. <laughs> um, and after that, I ended up working in a homeopathic lab in, in England, doing quality control on homeopathic remedies. So, I've done, yes, it was just a very, you know, trying a bit of everything and yeah. seeing where I end up. Wow. So you, you mentioned then, Penny, that you had a romantic view of the world and it's changed somewhat as you become older. What did you imagine your future life was going to be like back then? Because, again, you mentioned it's more conservative now than what you imagined. So what were you actually thinking it could be like? I had, I just had, when I left uni, I had very big dreams and I, I worked in radio volunteering mm. on 40 DBFM in Toowoomba. 
and I loved that and I thought I wanted to travel and work in film and write and all these things but I, I didn't ever know how to I didn't know how to get into it it was and the, yeah, I was really stuck and I think it was all a very personal block from my point just lacking confidence or something I really did envision a big big life I think bringing it back to now that I feel like I can still have a big life even mm. though <laughs> even though it's you know I'm nearing middle of it or I'm you know we're at midlife it can still be a big life it's not over and not by a long shot we've got decades ahead of us and that's what's <laughs> the lovely thing where we've got just as many years ahead of us as we have behind us and I think sometimes we think oh well we've reached middle age that's it but that is certainly not the case and it's great to see women who are showing that there is more well and truly more ahead of them um, so Penny again the the fact that you went through a, a personal tragedy with your brother dying that's a massive challenge for any person to go through what other sorts of challenges have you had that may have shaped the person you are today that was definitely a huge one and changed the face of our family, mm. you know, changed our family forever and the dynamics and everything. I think the other big challenge has been when I had my daughter, um, it was a bit late, you know, a bit later in life, late 30s, and my husband worked away. So I was on my own with a newborn with a no support network mm. and losing that that freedom and sense of or suddenly you go from being really all you have to think about is yourself to just being constantly absorbed by this little human and, and but just not having a break a mental break and mm -hmm. it just it does start to play havoc a bit with your oh. <laughs> the mental state there wouldn't be many women who wouldn't agree with that statement absolutely mm. yeah that was it that was a big one and now she's older it's you know everything's balanced out again it was a tricky time just not having I was really like a single mum but without um obviously I had a breadwinner in the family but just having that that constantness of it all mm. yeah no that's that's a that's a big one and I know for myself I found I found that to be the case and at that point in time we were when the children were really young we were living on a remote property in southwest Queensland so there was very little contact with other adults it was just you and the children no break no family friends would be hours away from where you lived and that's that is a really tough time and when you say that you've done that a lot without your husband being there as a supporter as well because he was away with his work that would have been a tough time for you. Yes, it's well, yeah, exactly. Like living out west, it's isolating. Mm. But it's the thing is, too, you know, you're not alone. You know, there are mothers everywhere going through the same thing. It's just that it's just that while you're living it, it's mm. it's just you have to get through to the other side. Do you find, Penny, that sometimes and it happens also with with the ups and downs of any period in your life? Do you find sometimes you don't really hear the reality of of what motherhood can be like? and what different phases and stages of your life can be like. Because right now we've got the season of, well, we had the season of, of young children, really young children. And I suppose the younger mothers now have got even more difficulties because they've got the 
the social media pictures mm. and the you know per, what the perfect family looks like and all the happy snaps happening and oh god I'm not I'm living in just a, an absolute shit show around me and it's not like that um uh, we don't often tell the truth as openly as possibly what we could to make it feel that it's normal and and likewise I'm finding now with with midlife there are a lot of things that you don't know until it's you're in the throes of it and then not as many people are talking about it as they should be to prepare you for what can come up. So have you found any of that in those stages of your life of when you were having a younger child and now that you're going through the season of, of being an older woman? I think you're right. I, although I had, I'm quite observant. I'm an, I'm an observer of life and I had seen what young children do to be, can do to um, to mothers and families not in, not in a bad way that sounds terrible I just it does place pressure on anyway I'd seen that and I did it's it's why I held off so long to have a child to be honest I thought that wasn't probably wasn't for me yeah but the midlife thing's a big one because yes not a lot, not a lot of people talk about it you get the odd person going oh I'm just having a hot flash or I'm just having a a moment mm. but that's that that's all I know about it really mm. I mean mm. what you're doing with what you are actually doing with bringing it to the forefront of everyone's conversation is brilliant because we need more of that Joe. <laughs> well we, we do yeah because uh, I found oh, I was the same I thought you had hot flushes and your period stopped and that was it I didn't realize mm. there were all of the years beforehand with other other sorts of symptoms that and bodily changes that you have had no idea because nobody talked about it that's it. And the term perimenopause is only something I learned, I think, last year. Mm. I, th I put it all under the banner of menopause. I thought it was mm. all menopause, but I didn't realise it's after. that. Mm. We're, what? Yeah, so it's, it's, um, it's kind of correcting the terminology and getting it all, you know, so <laughs> what's happening to us. It is. So, Penn, you've got a daughter going through, your daughter is now 12, so she's going through puberty and you're probably, well, more than likely being in your late 40s, going through perimenopause. How do you navigate that? Because you've got, this, you've got the start of a, of a woman's journey happening with your daughter, the reproductive journey with your daughter, and you've got the ending of yours. So I imagine there'd be uh, big fluxes and changes in the, in the hormones in your house. My poor husband. Um, <laughs> he might need to buy a unit somewhere for the next five and go and live somewhere for the next five years. It you're spot on. It's definitely what's going. But what I absolutely love about my daughter is that she has she's very good communicator, mm. and she is very hormonal. And she's horrible when she's hormonal. <laughs> she'll, she'll then come up to me later and she'll say, "Sorry, mum. Sorry about that." I'm just a bit hormonal at the moment. So she's got the, you know, she can identify her feelings and what's happening. And also she will say, Mum, I think you're a bit hormonal at the moment. Is that right? <laughs> yes. Love it. Um, are you about to, are you about to, is it nearly your time of the month, Mum? Because holy smokes. <laughs> <laughs> So I guess we're pretty open about it in our house and yeah. we have, we're very communicative and it helps a lot rather than just everyone stewing in their corner. Yeah. So would you talk about how it's changing for you? So because my mother actually had a, a hysterectomy when she was a younger woman, so I never saw or heard 
about perimenopause as much and what she went through. And again, I was living away from home, but now you've got your daughter in your your house. Mm. Would you be talking about how things change for you as a woman? I must say the focus is more on her at the moment. Her changes, yeah. they, seem, they seem bigger and they're sort of more, whereas mine are more subtle mm. um, and and gradual. Yeah. So yeah. the focus is on, on her. Yes. Um, but, yes, mine's like a storm brewing in the background. <laughs> Ready to be a Category 5 cyclone. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Watch that Higgins storm chases. I'm on my way. So because you've got it burbling in the background and and it is there, how are you supporting yourself as far as health and wellness goes in this stage? Because your daughter is obviously a focus that you've got to be aware of and and be there to support her. What are you doing to support yourself during this stage? At the moment, very little, to be honest but I do have to rectify that. I get regular massage and Reiki, which I find that energetic work really helps me and really sorts me out. I get that every two to three weeks and I try to take a walk on the beach at least once a week, but I don't, I'm not doing enough vitamin wise and I really need to, you know, get onto that. Mm. It's just another job, Joe. It's another job. <laughs> 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 that I have to put on my list, but I'm it's yeah. just down, down the I list know. a bit. It is hard. And because I think as women, we put ourselves lower on the list. That's just the nature of the beast. And mm. you get it gets to a point where you have to prioritize yourself higher. And that's what I found for me personally, that being lower on the list came at a cost. And uh, yeah, I, I just am there to support women, to help them move up further on that list and just do little things and not see it as a job. See it as a part and parcel of you being the best version of yourself that you can give to others. And that's that's a big mindset shift. It is a huge mindset shift for women. And, um, yeah, that's, that's why it's shaped my thinking. So, and that's because I've grown older and I've also seen my my mum go through as she was dying at a younger age than what she should have been. Some of that was due to... Uh, the misinformation she had when she was younger in the way that she could support her health or just a lack of awareness. And and I, I thought that's not how I, I wanted to age. So it, that shaped my thinking about what do I want my future 30 years time look like? You know, how do I want to be when I'm an 80 year old? How do I want to be when I'm in my mid seventies? I want to be able to play with grandkids and go traveling and do all those things. Well, I can't if I'm going to be bedridden. And so what am I going to do? I work backwards then. And seeing my mum as a role model, you know, well, she's done this, this and this. I don't want that outcome. So what am I going to do to support me? So that changed my thinking about growing older. Has there anything that's shaping your thinking or your current thinking about getting older? I think it was. it's going back to what I mentioned earlier, that I, I care less about what people think and I'm more comfortable in my own skin. Mm. I'm no longer the naive country girl who's so scared of everything it's a bit like I've got that zest for life that I should have I mean I did have a zest for life when I was younger but it's a renewed zest of life and it's on a deeper level I think sort of I'm way more of a renegade than I used to be 
yeah. but without being crazy or illegal. But I'm a little bit, and it it's a little bit coming to home now with the school stuff that I'm, I'm, I'm president of the PNC at my daughter's school and we're currently trying to organise an event. And they're also worried about this happening and that happening and I just am rolling my eyes going, oh, God. Just stop being so scared and caught up with bureaucracy. Just live life. Let's have a fun event without all this risk management stuff. I, yeah. find, I know that's not how life works. But this is once upon a time I would have been, okay, yes, and now I'm a bit more, come on, people. Yeah. More, there's more to life than being scared of something happening at, on, at every single turn. Yes, yes. So are you... Less or more risk averse then, if that's the case. Well, it's interesting because didn't I say before? I said before that I was. I think it's a different type of risk. I think um, it's a little less worried about the rules. Yeah. Now. Yeah. I, I probably am a little bit more when it comes to crazy overseas things on dodgy planes. A little bit more anti. Mm. the risk whereas when it comes to silly rules that are made for minorities then I'm a little bit more anti just thinking let's just go over the top of that one yeah yes so has there been anyone that you've seen do something like that because sometimes it's great to have a role model and and I love hearing what who, who people have as their role models as you know as someone to aspire to or look to or there's values or shared beliefs that you've got is there anyone in your life that you look at as being a, a role model for you oh well I have <laughs> not that she, I I love Nigella Lawson I would say she's one of my role models and I'd love to meet her one day uh, she's been through a lot in her life and she's come out a lot and she's come out with grace and courage but she's still she loves food like I do and cooking I think she's a great person and any woman I think who around our age this midlife age who've, who've launched themselves into something new and just done it with bravery and courage and they're making a go of something new that's an incredible inspiration because mm -hmm. it's enforcing that idea that life is really the next part of life is just beginning let's get into it and that's fantastic. There's a woman in New York called Iris Apfel. She's a oh, she's brilliant. Yes, she's absolutely splendid. She's about ninety. Yeah, um, she she's just bedecked in amazing jewelry. She's a uh, she's a, you know you just want to be you know a friend of mine puts it a little R-ratedly zero Fs. Yes, get out there, wear what you want. Just be you. It's just yeah. an inspiration. Yep. She is such an amazing woman. Her outfits are, are incredible. I love the glasses and she, everything is just on point. An incredible woman. So she's creative. Nigella Lawson's a creative. You've got that, you've also got that creative bent as well. So you've got you're talking about your cooking and how you love cooking. And I I also know that you you love anything to do with design. So what could be on the cards for Penny coming up? Well, I've recently launched my own business, The Noosa Stylist. I want to do more food styling and helping people use the things they love in their home in, a, in an aesthetically pleasing way, I suppose. 
Because I think this era too, where we're trying to upcycle and reuse rather than just get everything new, 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 I want to help people rework what they've got in their home and make it look fabulous without, you know, without throwing everything out, really. And I also offer a service where I take styled photos for people's social media accounts. So it's a multifaceted business. I don't know how... I need to work on my website so that I can actually just put it, be, get a bit of clarity around that. But, but yes, that's that's, that's currently really exciting. Yeah, thanks. Oh, I'm thrilled for that. Thrilled for you to hear that because it means that you're you're using your skills and talents in a way that is going to be unique, and it's also helping others. And oh, I, I think we we if we can use our skills in that way to help others bring out the best in their lives that that's a great thing to work towards penny so i'm wishing you all the very best in that so if anyone is interested in finding out more about what you're doing is there a way you talked about you had you're calling yourself the noosa stylist is there a way people can connect with you if they're interested in some of the things that you just talked about then at the moment i'm just on instagram as the noosa stylist that's my main communication method I think for the business but I'm, I'm working on a website it's just you know it's all it's all a, a work in progress I've only really recently launched so it's just yes. on its way that's excellent that's a bit a, a great metaphor for what we are hey Penny we're, we're on our way things are being launched every <laughs> at every moment we possibly can no that's exciting for us so um, thank you for telling us about how we can connect with you. And before we wrap up our interview, I've got a couple of questions that I love to ask people. So if you could give the 40 plus women that are listening one piece of advice, what would that be? You're never too old to do the things you love and it's never too late to start something new. And I absolutely love the film Dead Poets Society. Mm. The saying that came out of that film, Carpe Diem, Seize the Day, is just, I think, a motto that everyone should live by. Oh, love it. And, yes, <laughs> even if seizing the day some days just is getting your foot, one foot in front of the other, <laughs> we, we, can, we actually can seize it in different ways at different times, can't we? Oh, we can. Sometimes it's getting your kid to school on time. <laughs> <laughs> but that's it. You're never too old and you're never too late. That is a, a really one of my favourite mantras as well. Now, Penny, if you could look into the future, what do you hope that 80-year-old Penny is going to say about current day Penny? I want to have no regrets and I want to look back and say, wasn't it really great the way I decided to start that business, write that book, travel to those places that I always wanted to travel to um, and just live that really spirited, beautiful life? Oh, well, let's hope 80-year-old Penny is going to say every one of those words. I look forward to seeing what's, yes, crossing fingers. I look forward to seeing what's going to be coming over with Penny in the next few years. So thank you so much for your time today, Pen. And I'll put all of the details where people can get to connect with you in the show notes. Thanks very much for having me, Joe. It's been lovely chatting. Thank you. And all the best with your venture too, which is just great teaching us what we need to know. <laughs> 
well, some of what we need to know. I am not the guru by any means. I'm <laughs> slowly but surely we will all get to where we need to be. Yeah. Thanks so much, Pen. Thank you. Thanks so much for listening and sharing your time with me today. I'd love you to hit subscribe on Apple Podcast or your favorite podcast app to keep spreading these empowering messages. Please share this podcast with other incredible midlife women in your world. Join me again next week for another redefining midlife conversation. Thanks again for tuning in.